0: Welcome and thank you for downloading another, or maybe it's your first episode of the INSTEC London podcast. Matthew Grant here, one of the partners at INSTEC London. Now, as we've been moving rapidly, if not always smoothly, to full digital communications in the last few months, it is worth pausing for a minute to wonder what's been happening to those activities that have traditionally relied on face-to-face meetings. Well, insurance underwriting seems to be doing okay so far. Uh, They've managed to make most of the transition to digital But recruiting is one area where physical in-person meetings have almost always been required when making senior hires. Well, that's not been happening recently, but people are still hiring. And maybe there's been too much reliance in the past on face-to-face interviews. Anyway, there certainly can be a lot of inefficiency in that whole process. And recruiting itself really hasn't changed in the last few decades. This is part of our occasional series exploring best practices in innovation and building and running businesses. I'm talking this week to Gavin Neymar. Gavin has been an executive recruiter for insurance for many years, and I was intrigued to find out what's been happening in these last few months and what his advice is to those who are hiring or looking for new roles when you've got to do this digitally. Gavin, it's delightful to be talking to you. We don't often speak to people from Canada, so thank you very much for joining us. Now, you and I have known each other for many years, and I've always found you a really useful and fascinating insight into what's going on in insurance and technology. You sort of sit at that intersection between traditional insurance and new applications, both within insurance and and technology, and you seem to be able to speak the language of both of them. So it's really good to hear your insights into what's happening just now in the world of recruitment within the insurance industry. Uh, you're based in Toronto, you've got offices in New York, and I know you're placing senior executives globally, and you set up Granite back in 2004. So how are things out there in Canada?
1: Well, Matthew, thanks for having us. We uh, I've really enjoyed our conversations over the years and really enjoying what you're doing at Instech London, so thanks for having us.
0: So just generally, you know, what, what has been happening around recruitment, I mean, clearly things have slowed down. Is there anything different about what we're seeing happening in insurance relative to other industries when it comes to recruitment?
1: From a recruiting perspective, I've seen things carry on, which is interesting. You know, all of our searches have continued. And at the end of the day, clients still need CFOs and they still need senior underwriters to lead business areas. So That's been something that I think has distinguished the insurance industry from a number of other industries that have had to really pull back quite a bit more.
0: On that last point about pulling back, some of the things we've talked about in the past are the challenges of bringing really strong technical people into the industry. There's definitely been a shortage of data scientists out there, uh, and as as insurance generally, like other industries, looks for ways to use data analytics more and more there's definitely more need for those people so are you starting to see more interest from people from maybe industries like airlines or technology companies where they are really suffering and actually now finding that you're able to start attracting more diverse talent into the insurance world
1: yeah so i think that this is a really interesting point i think that we as we have recruited especially in some of these uh, roles like chief data officers heads of analytics. The first issue is being able to make a compelling case why these candidates that are sought out in every industry should come to the insurance industry and our clients. And I think right now, there is an opportunity, and I think we're seeing it, that the because of the stability and the strength of insurance companies, that these people that are that have either been downsized or at least will not get the um, company's commitment to make further investment to really do interesting work. All of a sudden the insurance industry will really, I, I think is attracting people and will continue to differentiate. And i am seeing that. I mean, I, and I, and I'm, I, I'm on the insure tech side, I'm seeing, you know, the, that demand for digital transformation and tools to, and capabilities to uh, further um, insurance companies uh, needs and objectives is even more amplified. Are you seeing that, Matthew?
0: It was happening before, so it's no big secret that you know, one of the drivers for what's been happening in, in that insurtech space in the last five years has been people looking at insurance coming in from outside and thinking that there must be a, a better way to do this. And yeah, they certainly bring some value, particularly if they're partnered with experienced insurance people. You know, I think the challenge always is trying to come in with no experience in insurance and try to build a business. People then really struggle. Yeah, uh, Within terms of actually the recruitment in that space, there's a pretty clear dividing line between companies that have raised a decent amount of funds. So they're probably series B and beyond, which means they can pay... Competitive salaries for industry, plus all the other attractions of working in an early-stage company. Yet for them, it's not quite business normal because investors looking for them to sort of drive revenue maybe faster than they would have been. But they, yeah, they can definitely bring people in. I think ones that are struggling is where the smaller companies haven't yet managed to get to that first round of proper funding. You know, anyway, we're we're never going to be able to pay competitive salaries, and the whole future is a bit uncertain. I mean, unfortunately, there are various initiatives here in the uk as there are in the us and imagine in canada to support companies but i, I think we're definitely going to see a, you know a pretty distinct gap between you know well funded scale ups versus the startups which is a shame because you know there are some interesting companies out there that have been you know doing some things that needed to get done that you know, might be a, a pause before they actually start to get any real headway
1: right right
0: but just yeah, more generally sort of on that theme the insurance industry is coming under a lot of scrutiny just now about you know, whether losses, the pandemic, were covered. Even if they weren't covered, should the industry dip into its pockets and, and pay people? I mean, when you talk to people in, but I guess also outside of the industry, what are you hearing about how they think about the reputation of the insurance market? Has that impacted the ability to get people to come into it?
1: So we've seen insurance companies come out and say, that not, there's not going to be any layoffs associated with, with uh, this pandemic. And in fact, all of our clients have said, while they may be cautious in this environment, that the business is carrying on and the, and, and the entire team complement is needed to support the business. And also even things like proactively cutting premiums in certain lines of business like auto lines, I think that is gonna be very positive. And again, just give more profile to insurance companies.
0: As we're recording this, most people are having to work remotely, which means if you're interviewing, you've got to, you've got to uh, do that remotely. What, what's been your view on the difference the pros and cons between interviewing remotely versus face-to-face?
1: So I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Certainly the virtual meetings are very effective because you can have those meetings quickly. It reduces the cost significantly and it allows, it allows the candidate and the hiring manager to really, if, if done well, to really uh, cover a lot of ground and even, even remove some elements of bias that may come up in um, in-person meetings. At the same time, there still is an important role for in-person meetings. And that, that will come at a later stage when it's so important to establish uh, the rapport between a candidate and hiring manager for a candidate to be able to see the environment in which they would be working, especially in, a, in an instance where uh, the role would require a relocation. But I think one thing that's interesting is We've seen and we've been fortunate to complete searches now during this time where the, the hiring manager and the candidate have never met in person.
0: That's very interesting. So people are now willing to commit to making the hire, you know, even without, you know, traditionally, I'm imagining you would have almost always had a personal contact. I mean, I, I, I suspect you've never had that at a senior level, not having a personal relationship before before the decision was made
1: this is definitely the first time especially because we we are hiring senior executives so it really requires that personal uh, that high touch but i think we've been very conscious to work with hiring managers and to work with the candidates to make sure that everything is being done to make the experience as as successful as possible
0: do you think the quality of questions people are asking when they are talking to somebody or meeting remotely is better? I mean, there's a, there's a whole range of emotions and dynamics that go on when you see someone face-to-face. Certainly, as you said, there's a situation where you need to understand the personal dynamics and make sure those work well. But I wonder if one of the benefits as well is that you know, people prepare maybe more closely, keep to the script, really get objective about what they're asking, which you know, might not always happen as a factory face-to-face?
1: Well, that's, that's a good point, Matthew. I think what's very important, and I think the, the, the principles would apply to both in-person and virtual meetings, but I definitely think that the virtual meetings provide um, a, a good vehicle for a structured meeting to be well-run. But the key from a hiring manager's perspective is that before that meeting begins, that they they have really considered what are the skills and experience needed and how can they test for that? I think from a candidate's perspective, you know, the same similar principles, it's very important to, to not just approach the meeting as a client interviewing you, but what you need to get from that meeting and to think about to come very well prepared, but also Think about the questions that you need to answer to really evaluate the opportunity, the company, and the culture.
0: Um, but I want to talk a bit, Gavin, about some sort of lessons to making sure uh, interviews are successful. So you've touched a bit on that, but what else is your guidance for people on the, on the hiring side? And we'll talk about the candidates in a minute, but you know, what's important, and I think we can extend this as well to the face-to-face ones, but particularly if you're doing it remotely, to come across to the candidate when the people are doing the interviewing.
1: I would say developing a, a structured approach to the meeting where each of the interviewers has an agenda and a focus and can apply the, those same, that same lens to each of their meetings for a particular search. And I'd say the a, another piece that's really important is along the way to be able to establish rapport with candidates because what we find the most important factor in candidate committing to join a company is their connection to that hiring manager. So somehow in this, in this environment, being able to to build that rapport virtually and is so important. And that can come in a number of different ways, finding common ground, common interests, but also a sense of humor. And from a, candidate's perspective, I'd say coming prepared to a meeting is important. Testing the technology in advance, being, you know, appropriately dressed, making sure the environment is appropriate, all is important. And and I think that's something that sometimes people take for granted, but it is important. Say the other piece is really the thoughtfulness of the questions and making sure that you're really getting a chance to ask the client the questions that are most important to you.
0: Are you seeing any themes about how companies are already choosing to change behaviors? I Many people are talking to you about thematically how they're going to change having people in the office versus being more tolerant about working remotely. I mean, certainly here in, in London, you know, Lloyd's is very much a face to face culture. That's obviously changed now.
1: There were companies that five years ago. Uh, I can think of a few companies where the the tolerance for people working out outside the office was was low, and those same companies have moved to allowing people to work for, from home at least one day a week.
0: Gavin, one question I've got for you, if you're willing to give away any of your secrets, is what are one or two knockout questions that you would recommend that anybody who is interviewing a senior executive ask that person? that gives them some great insights just on the basis of you know, a single question or two questions.
1: I think what's really important is at the end of a discussion that the hiring manager understands what drives a candidate and understands some of the decisions they've made and can test, test them against scenarios that are gonna be relevant for the role. So I'd say two things are really important. I'd say it's really important that, they, that a hiring manager can understand some of the decisions that a candidate made in their career, but that they can also make sure that in the course of the interview, they're also raising some of the challenges that this role, that the role that they're hiring for will um, will encounter and see how the candidate will work through and think through the issues and respond. And I think if that can be done, that will be an effective way to really understand the candidate and understand if they would be a good fit for the role.
0: So finally, just in terms of how people generally engage with uh, executive recruiters, if someone's out there looking for a, a new role, what's the sort of protocol about contacting organizations like yourselves? I mean, also you get paid by the companies looking for people, but you're, you're always looking for a good pool of, of talent. Do you encourage people to contact you or do you prefer just to search people yourself?
1: We are always interested in building our relationships and our network. Uh, and so, yes, it, we never know when the next search that's going to come in that's going to fit uh, skills and experience of the uh, person we're speaking with. But we're always happy to build those relationships and uh, be able to offer advice when we can and also be able to leverage uh, that person's insights, whether it relates to a role or their network. So we're always happy to Uh, hear from candidates or people that are starting to think about their next role and have that discussion.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks, Gavin. Thanks for your support for Instet London. And I hope this has been useful for people. We'll give the contact details in the episode notes as usual. And stay safe and hope to see you face-to-face before too soon. Thanks, Gavin.
1: That's great. Thanks for having me, Matthew.
0: Lots of useful information there, Uh, and incidentally, if you are interested in learning more about great hiring practices and raising your own game, I thoroughly recommend the book, Who, A Method for Hiring by Jeff Smart and Randy Street. Now, not surprisingly, at Instec London, we are also often getting asked for our recommendations of people to hire, and also by people looking for their next job. So we've partnered with Redemir, who run recruiting for technology-related roles in insurance. So let us know if you want to find out more. More generally, you can see what we're up to at our website, instec.london. Check in weekly through our newsletter or follow me directly on my LinkedIn profile at Matthew Grant. That's it for this week. Back next Sunday.